The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformational Healing, With your host, Dr. Bonnie Morrow, there are a variety of techniques for hands-on healing that can help you move closer to your vision of good health. In our program, we discuss both the business and science of dealing with different aspects of the healthy community with specialists in various energy practices. Now, here is Dr. Bonnie Morrow. Hi, welcome to Transformational Healing. This is Dr. Bonnie And I wanted to say hello to the world. We know that you're out there, and we know that you're listening, and and we're glad that you're listening. Today, we'd like to send a uh, hello out to Prague and the Eastern European nations, because that's that's where our guest ancestors come from, so that's good. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, Her name is... uh, Dr. Jean Pfeffer, and I have known her for several years through the Master Gardening Program, and today, uh, well, we'll just let her tell you about it. Uh, Jean, welcome to the program. Thank you. I appreciate your inviting me to participate. Yes. So tell our listeners about you, a little about you, and then we'll go into the program. Well, I... um Originally, um, I got a Ph.D. in chemistry from Northwestern University and spent some time teaching chemistry, uh, ending up uh, retiring from the University of Houston in 1991, uh, and then realizing that my background of growing things in Nebraska would not work here in Texas, uh, I went through the Master Gardener program and uh, am now uh, doing a lot of teaching, uh, making, uh, talking to the community, helping people build community gardens, uh, teaching in the Master Gardener program itself, and uh, working with kids at schools. So it's a full life. It is indeed. It is indeed. And I want to thank you for all you've done. I, I know Jean through Master Gardener, and that's where I met her. And thank you for all you do out there. That's, that in, in itself is a big job. Well, it's my pleasure, and uh, I think it's wonderful after you retire to spend your time doing something that you really enjoy, and I do enjoy that a lot. Good. So since you enjoy it so much, how do you, how do you use your time? Well, in... Uh, one day a week, I'm out at uh, Bear Creek, which is the uh, is the part of um, Master Gardeners. It's where the gardens are, where some of the classes are taught, that sort of thing. I uh, actually managed the greenhouse there for about seven years, up until about two years ago. And so uh, I did a lot of propagating of new plants and, and getting ready for plant sales that we had and teaching other master gardeners the, the process of propagation. So, And on Fridays, uh, I actually work at, at a local school 
uh, and I teach uh, the, well, on Fridays I have the second, third, and fourth graders, and uh, we teach everything. You know, we teach planting and harvesting and uh, entomology, you know, finding bugs and which are good ones and which are bad ones and which should I step on and which should I preserve. (laughs) Uh, we work with them with compost, and uh, uh, we just cover the whole range, trying to make these kids uh, comfortable in the outside, uh, helping them to understand what all is out there. So uh, it's really very, uh, very rewarding. Some and, of and my you... time also is spent with Urban Harvest, uh, which is an, a nonprofit organization here in town that encourages people to grow their own food and helps people start community gardens, that sort of thing. And, and Jean, how do you feel that gardening fits into uh, wellness? Oh, there are so many different ways. Um, just <clears throat> the act of gardening itself <laughs> keeps you moving, and uh, we haven't told anybody how old I am, but I think I'm in pretty good shape <laughs> for the age I am. <clears throat> and I think to part, a part of that is that I've kept moving and kept active um, most of my life. And uh, so gardening will certainly help you do that, and it keeps you outside, and you get your vitamin D from the sun instead of from a pill. (laughs) And uh, uh, also, if you grow your own food, you're really getting food that is higher in nutritional value than what you get at a local grocery store. And why is that? Uh, well, Why partly is... it's because of the fact that you eat it sooner and the food hasn't had a chance to degrade uh, when, when it's come 2,000 miles from California or uh, a couple hundred miles from Mexico or wherever, you know, the food comes from. But uh, the sooner you can eat it after it's uh, harvested, the higher the nutritional value. And that's, that's been studied, so that's, that's well known. Great. Thank you. I know that my tomatoes right off the vine taste better than the ones I buy in the grocery store. <laughs> well, part of that is because the hybrids, of course, are uh, uh, they're grown and designed to ship. Uh, they're not designed to taste particularly good. So if you grow them in your own backyard, you not only get them faster and sooner and, and more nutritious, uh, but they're, uh, they haven't had a chance to... Uh, for the sugars to change and the taste to change. Ah, so well, it's all good. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> all good. So uh, and so your your gardening is your focus right now. Even you've left behind your your chemistry. Although there's a lot of chemistry in gardening, isn't oh, there? Oh yeah, it's kind of all chemistry anyway. But yeah, that I can apply that pretty easily uh, when I talk to people about pesticides and and fertilizers and that sort of thing. So. It all fits in, uh, and I, you know, I have to say that when I teach people about horticulture, I'm talking to a group of people who want to hear what I have to say. When you're teaching chemistry, that's not completely true. <laughs> that's a, yes, I think that's right. <laughs> so it's a lot more fun, although good. I did enjoy teaching the college teaching uh, for many years and had a good time there, too. So. And so you taught chemistry at several universities, didn't you? Yeah, I started in New Jersey. Um, my husband worked for Exxon, so uh, we got moved down here uh, in 1971. But I taught at Rutgers, uh, the State University of New Jersey, for several years um, before we moved down here. Mm-hmm. 
And I actually taught, um, wasn't chemistry, but I, I was a uh, um, media specialist at uh, an intermediate school uh, before I got the uh, position at the University of Houston. Uh, that was in Spring Branch uh, system. And that and was what, kind of fun, too. Yes, when you say that, media, what do you mean? Well, I worked up curriculum uh, for the science classes and did some of the um, handouts and, and uh, uh, experiments and that sort of thing that the teachers could use in their science classes. Oh, okay. I thought it maybe had something to do with radio. Uh, with no. Uh, no. Oh. No, okay. uh, print media. <laughs> okay. All righty. All righty. I'm going to just write that on here. Print media. Okay, so today, what, what, do we want to talk about gardening, organic gardening, fall gardening? What would you well, like to talk about? Organic gardening, of course, is, is what I do, and so it's easier for me to talk about that. Uh, and, of course, that, <clears throat> that's a good thing, too. When you grow your own food and you do it organically, you don't have to worry about uh, what, um, what you might need to wash off or what might be um, on or in some of the, the uh, food that you're eating because you bought it at the grocery store. Uh, many of the, uh, of the uh, markets, of course, are now marketing organic uh, materials, and you really need to ask them where they come from because the word organic uh, has different meanings depending on who's using it. But organic uh, gardening simply means that you uh, are not using any... Um, non-sustainable materials to make your food grow and you're not using pesticides or insecticides on your garden but you're using um, well physical barriers maybe or other means of, uh, of controlling any pests that you might have in your garden and I think one thing that a lot of people don't understand is just because it's a bug doesn't mean it's doing something bad out there you know, you can tell a squirrel is eating your tomatoes, but you don't really know what some of the bugs are doing. Some of them are eating each other. And, of course, if you've got the right balance, then the, the good guys will take care of the bad guys. So you don't really need to do that much if you've got, you've got a balanced garden. But if Great. you've been using pesticides, uh, of course, it takes a while for your garden to realize that you're not doing it anymore. So it takes a while to... It takes a while to uh, convert a garden, you know, from um, what we call conventional gardening to an organic garden. So I don't know if you have any questions about, you know, how that how that works, but uh, uh, it does take um, it does take a while uh, for people to understand the difference. And I I'm a master gardener, but I don't know that I understand the difference. So. Will you tell us some more about that? Well, if you go to the farmer's market, for example, um, uh, the farmer's market that's on uh, Richmond and Eastside is the one that's run by Urban Harvest. And uh, we started out trying to be uh, our, ha- have our vendors all be organic, but that's way too hard. And so we, we have uh, three different categories that we accept as vendors there. One is organic, certified organic, and of course that's a long process. You have to, the government comes out and inspects you and you have to keep track of 
all the pesticides that you use and uh, fertilizers that you use. And if you have, if you're raising animals, you have to take keep track of the feed that you use uh, for the animals and that kind of stuff. And so it's a long, uh, it's a long, uh, expensive process to be certified organic by the government. So we have another category that's just called sustainable, which means that you're basically using organic practices, but you're not certified except by your fellow gardeners or fellow vendors. <clears throat> Our market manager goes out and inspects the gardens to make sure that that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, and then we have what we call conventional, and that means that you can use fertilizers, uh, you can use uh, chemical fertilizers, and you can use uh, pesticides or insecticides, um, but you have to tell the people that are buying your produce that that's the way they're grown so that they can choose to buy it or not. And that's, that's basically it. Um, uh, fertilizers, uh, chemical fertilizers are basically salts. And they're, they're not doing anything good for the environment. So organic fertilizers are made from organic material. So it's basically like adding organic uh, material to the soil, which is also contains a lot of organic material. So, so you're not doing anything different. That's what makes it sustainable. You aren't adding anything uh, to, the, to the land that uh, can't be re- redone uh, Year after year after year. So, uh, using compost is the uh, the ultimate recycling process. When you compost, um, what percent uh, brown and green to uh, vegetables and so forth? Is there? Well, a- you, yeah, usually the the uh, the recipe that you get is like thirty to one, which seems like a, a very uh, lopsided sort of thing, but 30 to 1, that's 30 brown to 1 green. So what we're, what we're saying is that you need a lot more of the, the leaves and that sort of stuff than the uh, kitchen waste that might be, you know, orange peels and eggshells and that sort of thing, coffee grounds. Oh, coffee, you can put coffee grounds in it? Oh, yes. Coffee grounds are very good. Okay. And coffee grounds you can actually add directly to your garden. They don't need to be composted because they're not strong enough to burn the plants or anything like that. And roses absolutely love coffee grounds. All right. And so do worms. So if you use worms and if you use coffee grounds in your in your garden, you're you're automatically attracting worms. You know, it's that if you build it, they will come. So if you (laughs) add it, they will come. Okay, Jean. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about healing touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. 
step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Hi, and welcome back. This is Dr. Bonnie, and today we're talking to Dr. Jean Pfeffer about gardening, and she was telling us how important gardening is for our health. So we were talking, before break, we were talking about pesticides and so forth, and um, what kind of water do I put on my plants, Jean? The best kind of water is rainwater, of course, Uh Uh, and the best kind, the best way to do it is to use the uh, on the ground drip system that was uh, that was uh, developed in Israel. Um, it's uh, you probably see it around in some of the parks and so forth, where there's a tube that runs along the ground, and and on uh, about every foot there'll be a, a slash or a or a valve in this tubing, and that's where the water comes out. So it, it's delivering the water to the ground. And that allows the plants to absorb the water from the soil. And uh, the leaves do not absorb water. <laughs> so putting water on the leaves doesn't help a plant at all. As a matter of fact, it actually encourages disease uh, on your plants. So especially if you're growing vegetables, uh, this is a really bad thing. So the idea of uh, the watering the roots, watering the soil instead of the plant, is something that we push very strongly and uh, discourage uh, using sprinklers because uh, that's not a good way to water. Um, you don't have a lot of choice if you're talking about the lawn because it's hard to use the the drip system in a lawn. Um, you can do it if you plan your lawn and, and put it in before you sod your lawn. Uh, but nobody uh, would probably uh, want to dig um, trenches in their front lawn and install a system like that. No, but it, probably it's wonderful not. for gardens, and it's the sort of thing that we, we encourage when we help people build new gardens. And, and of course, um, that's probably going to be city water, and so... Uh, you adjust your watering system so that you don't have to use it any more than necessary. Uh, most people water way too much. Um, you, ju- you need to watch watch your plants. Uh, 
and judge their their needs uh, by uh, getting to know them. Uh, you can tell if a plant needs water pretty easily. Most plants kind of droop um, if they need water. But uh, the uh, the idea of catching rainwater and using that in your garden is another thing that we push very strongly. Uh, it's not hard to do. Uh, anybody can uh, gather water off their roof and use that to, to water their plants. And it doesn't cost you anything. So uh, do you have a catchment system? Uh, we just catch we, It's just off the roof. And um, we can, if, if we have a f- five minutes of a good heavy rain, that fills up our, our rain barrel pretty easily. We actually have two. We have a second rain barrel that catches an overflow once the first one is full. Uh, and then uh, during times when we don't get any rain, I use that water to, rain, to, to water the garden. And if we don't get any rain uh, and I'm out of rainwater that we've collected, uh, I do have an automatic watering system on the garden so that I can turn that on and use the city water. But that's always the last resort to, uh-huh. for me. That's, that's good to know. Uh, we use a drip system in some of our garden beds, so that's, that's good. How that's about good. flower beds are the same, I s- assume? Yes. Oh, yes. And especially, you know, if you're, if you're growing roses, one of the things that, that people always complain about is black spot on their roses, and that usually happens because they've watered the plant instead of the ground. If you get water on the leaves, that encourages diseases, bacterial diseases, and fungal diseases, as far as that goes. And how do you take care of those in an uh, organic way? What, the black spot? Uh-huh. Or, well, <laughs> I guess the thing you do is, is not let it happen in the first place. Yeah, right. Uh, there's not much you can do once it's happened uh, organically. So... The idea is a lot of things um, in an organic garden are, are preventive measures rather than uh, fixing it once it's happened. You I try understand. to keep things from happening. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. what do you recommend for a <clears throat> excuse me, fall garden? What, vegetables? Yes. Oh, my, there are so many, because fall vegetable gardening is probably the best, as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, everybody's always excited about tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers in the spring, but actually the best food comes in the fall garden with the brassicas, uh, the, cu- the uh, broccoli and cauliflower and cabbage and kale. Kale, of course, is the vegetable of the year, has been for the last couple of years, Awfully good for you, but it took people a while to realize that you actually eat that stuff, you know. (laughs) Usually it was used to decorate a plate and nobody ate it. It always went into the garbage, but now we're eating it. And uh, we found good ways of of cooking it so that it's very tasty. Um, Other things, um, radishes, carrots are wonderful. A lot of the herbs uh, are grown in the fall, like dill and cilantro uh, many of the herbs, of course, are uh, perennials, so once you plant them, uh, you'll have them if you take care of them, like oregano, uh, Greek oregano. Uh, if you put that in, you'll have it forever as long as you take, take care of it. Rosemary is a perennial. Uh, a 
lavender, if you can get it to grow here, there are a couple. The French lavender doesn't grow very well here, but there are a couple kinds that do. The Mexican lavender grows pretty well here. So uh, there are a lot of wonderful things that, that you can grow. Sugar snap peas uh, are, are wonderful, uh, and you can grow those very easily here. Uh, potatoes, it's a little late for potatoes, um, that kind of stuff. So it's good. Uh, I just gave a, a lecture uh, on fall vegetables a few few weeks ago, so uh, I'm primed to talk about fall vegetables <laughs> right now. Good. Uh, let, let's deviate just a minute, and how do you cook kale? Well, w- you, you can cook it in with other greens. Uh, usually people who cook greens cook them way too long, and what you really want to do is to... Um, to cook them uh, just enough to steam them, you know, just get them started. And usually you take out the main vein because that takes a lot longer to soften, so it doesn't taste very good either. You can also cook, you can also uh, use it in fresh salads uh, as long as you use the young uh, tender uh, branches or tender leaves. Uh, you can also uh, do kale chips. Uh, and you take the kale and um, cut it up into, like, bite-sized pieces and um, uh, drizzle it with olive oil and a little salt and pepper and mix that up good and then bake it uh, for a few minutes at about 350, and you get, a, you get kale chips, which are very good. Huh. We actually sell those. Somebody actually sells those at the market, and they're, they're pretty good. 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 And, of course, it's, uh, kale is good in a smoothie. Because you can't tell it's there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the one I want. <laughs> yeah, you get all the nutritional value, but, you know, you can't really tell it's kale. And, of course, you, do, you put other things in with it, you know, pineapple, banana, apple, whatever you like. Uh, and so smoothies have become really, I mean, I know a lot of people who just have a smoothie for breakfast and they put all that stuff in there and that keeps them going for the rest of the day. Right. Good. Okay. So, and where's the best place for people to, uh, do you recommend transplants or seeds or for the garden? Well, you can do garden? both. Uh, there are some things that do best if they're transplants because uh, you can get the, you can shorten the season a little bit. Uh, some, of the, some of the brassicas like um, broccoli and, uh, and cabbage and cauliflower, I always plant seed, uh, I always plant transplants. But uh-huh. I grow them from seed. I grow them on my porch, and then I transplant the seeds outside when the weather is appropriate. And uh, so- some things, though, like radishes, carrots, any of the root crops, beets, they're, they're best just uh, plant the seeds outside in, in your garden. And, of course, uh, here in Texas, here in Houston, you really need to, uh, to have raised beds. Um, you cannot really grow things very well just on at ground level because we have a clay layer down there we'll, that stops the water and you you have soggy roots and the, nothing grows very well that way right so do you have a recommendation for what seeds to to purchase and where to get them not not really uh, I buy a lot of my seeds online uh, simply because some of the uh, places here in town where you would normally buy seeds uh, don't have the varieties that I'm interested in. 
if you're interested in what varieties grow well here, uh, you can go to the Aggie um, Horticultural website, and there's a list there of uh, recommended varieties for here in Houston. You can also get a planting calendar uh, online from Aggie Horticulture. And what is that website, www. Oh, I think it's just, um, if you just Google Aggie Horticultural, Horticulture, okay. you'll get there. Okay, all right. Okay, uh, listeners, so you go to Aggie Horticulture and probably .edu, probably. Oh, yeah. And, and um, look for information there. Yeah, and there's, right. they, there's actually different places to go. They'll have vegetables, fruits. Uh, ask an expert. You can ask questions online. There's also the hotline, of course, out at, at Bear Creek um, that you can call and get specific information, and that's uh, 281-855-5600. Will you say that again slowly, please? Yeah, 281 uh-huh. 855-5600. Okay, and that is Bear Creek. Yeah, that's Master. the hotline. Master gardeners are out there answering your questions. And if you ask a question that they can't answer, they will research it and call you back. Fair enough. That sounds like a good deal. Uh, what kind of fruits grow in our area? Well, um, we, you can grow most things here. It's just that you have to choose the proper varieties. Uh, you can grow apples here. You can grow pears. Uh, avocados, most citrus do well here, um, figs, of course. Uh, the apples, uh, there's uh, um, Dorset and Golden, uh, Anna, Anna and Dorset Golden, Anna and Dorset. I'm kind of out of the fruit tree right now. In January, we have fruit tree sales both at Master Gardeners and at Urban Harvest. Um, the Urban Harvest one is down at Rice uh, in, on, in the stadium area, um, and that will be the one of them's the second week in, in January and the other one's the fourth week in January. And we sell varieties that grow here. Uh, if you buy a fruit tree at the big box stores, there's no guarantee that it will grow here. Um, there is, some trees, like apples and pears, have, require a certain number of chill hours, and we only have around 400 So uh, most years. And, of course, it's different every year. <clears throat> but our chill hours are very uh, limited here, so you can't grow any fruit tree that requires six or seven chill hours because you just won't get any produce. Uh, the tree will probably do fine, but you'll never get any fruit from it. Um, so you need to be careful about that. And uh, uh, some trees need a pollinator, so you need to make sure you understand that before you start putting in fruit trees. But um, many of the uh, school gardens start with fruit trees because they're, they're the least... Uh, requiring of uh, labor. Uh, they're the le- least labor-intensive. Uh, vegetable gardens are very labor-intensive. I think everybody knows that because you've got to plant things every year. Once you put in a fruit tree, it's going to be there. So, True. Right, right. All righty, uh, Jean, let's take a quick break. Okay. 
opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about healing touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Hi, welcome back. This is Dr. Bonnie, and today we are talking to Dr. Jean Pfeffer. We just have doctors all over the place today. Uh, and uh, Jean is talking to us about gardening and the value of that to your health. And she, for years and years, has worked with Dr. Bob Randall at Urban Harvest. So are you still involved with Urban Harvest? Oh, yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just taught a class um, or co-taught a class for them a uh, week ago, Saturday, uh, on uh, how to start a, a community or uh, school garden. And um, uh, we do that periodically, about twice a year, uh, to help people um, that want to start a community garden in, in their, well, in their community, uh, with their church, with their school, in their park, whatever, because it's not, um, you can't just say, I'm going to go build a garden. And uh, it, it requires a lot of uh, pre-planning and that sort of thing. But it's one of the things that Urban Harvest has been involved in s- since the beginning. And, of course, Urban Harvest has been around for over 20 years, uh, originally started by Bob Randall and about four other people uh, who are the uh, original designers uh, of the Urban Harvest organization, which is a nonprofit here in Houston. And uh, uh, they have uh, uh, three or four different strengths, things that they do very well, and one of them is teach classes. And uh, I, in the past, I have taught this um, community gardens class 
uh, I don't know, for the last maybe three years. I've also taught classes for them on plant propagation, which is really my specialty. I've also taught classes on fall, uh, fall and spring vegetable gardening and also on uh, tricks to grow great tomatoes, that kind of stuff. So uh, their, their class schedule and the best way to find, find a class, uh, a, a gardening class, is to go through Urban Harvest because uh, if you go to their website, which is just urbanharvest.org, uh, and go to classes, the classes section, it lists all the current classes uh, that they're running. And uh, <clears throat> they, you know, they teach classes on uh, fruit tree basics, um, how to prune your orchard, uh, vegetable and fruit growing. Um, there's one that was listed here uh, this last year, Growing Great Tomatoes, which was uh, in, taught in February because that's when you need to get your tomatoes started. Uh, we've taught classes on constructing the home vegetable and fruit garden, uh, that sort of thing. So they cover the whole spectrum of classes that, that you need. Uh, and uh, so they're the main one. Master Gardener uh, also, uh, before I talk a little bit more about Urban Harvest, Master Gardeners actually has a series that's taught uh, every month in four different locations here in Houston, four libraries. Uh, the Bush Library, which is up north on, uh, um, I can't think of the name of the street right now, but and then there's the Maud Marks Library out in Katy, the Spring Branch Library on Corbindale, and the Freeman Library down in Clear Lake. Uh, and uh, we, we teach classes or they're actually lectures because there's no hands-on uh, portion to them. But they, uh, each month it's a different topic, but it's the same topic in the four different locations. And, um, uh, you know, we teach the January is composting. Uh, February is spring vegetable gardening. I've forgotten what uh, March is, but we'll, there are... Ten different topics uh, throughout the year, so because we teach January through October, um, and so that's another place where you can get a lot of good information about gardening here in Houston. Uh, Urban Harvest classes and the Green Thumb series uh, for master gardeners, and the Green Thumb series is free. The Urban Harvest classes do have a small fee attached to them. Um, and so. what is the location of the urban? Urban Harvest classes? Uh, most of them up till now have been at St. Thomas University. Um, they actually uh, allow us to use their classrooms free uh, as long as we save uh, room in our classes for any of their faculty members who might want to take the class. Uh, so, but uh, currently there's a series of classes that are down at the... At the uh, uh, library, the um, museum, the fine art, the natural science museum, has a series of classes, which is, I think, sponsored through the um, the Garden Club of Houston. And are and those that, classes free for those? Um, I think there is a fee to those. I've not gotten involved in those yet because they just started a couple months ago. Uh, they're always in the, the gardening calendar. If people check the gardening calendar. Uh, or the Urban Harvest um, uh, website will give information about that. Uh, 
But most okay. of the urban harvest classes do have a fee attached, so I'm sure that uh, those do as well. That's, yeah, that's fine. So, um, listeners, if you're here in Houston, there are plenty of opportunities to learn about gardening and in all the different facets. You know, when I went to my master gardening class, I thought, well, I'll learn how to grow tomatoes and that'll be all I need. And my goodness, I didn't know that, you know, there's soil and there's water and there's location and so forth and so on. So there's insects. (laughs) Yes. I was a little bit naive, but uh, I quickly learned. Yes, yes. Well, the the new Master Gardener class just had their last class yesterday so we have a new we have a new class out there uh, getting eager to uh, get their hands dirty and and do some gardening so Are they, one other um, thing I need to mention um, uh, to get back to urban harvest a little bit I said that one thing they do really well is to teach classes another thing they do really well is to run uh, um, after school and during school classes for schools here in Houston. They actually have contracts with different schools and they send out uh, teachers that are trained uh, to use the gardens for curriculum materials, uh, developing curriculum materials. So that's another thing that's really a large part of what Urban Harvest does. And then, of course, they run the farmer's market there on Richmond and Eastside, which runs every Saturday morning, 8 to 12, Rain or shine. And I'll be there this Saturday, so if anybody wants to meet me in person, I'll be there at the okay. Greeter's booth. Uh, at the Greeter's booth? At the Greeter's booth, booth yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Houston, it's an opportunity to go out to the uh, the farmer's market, meet mm-hmm. Jean, ask her a question or two, and uh, yep. see what is, get, get your garden in gear. Yeah, and and get some really good produce. Uh, you know, we have everything there from. Well, I don't know. It's hard. To, it's hard to cover the range, but anything that you can buy uh, to eat uh, is there. Because uh, we also have uh, beef and lamb and fish and um, <clears throat> shrimp, I guess, and uh, lots of produce. I mean, all the vegetables that are local right now, because. Uh, the vendors at the market um, have to grow their own stuff. There's no, there's no reselling. I mean, they can't bring in pineapples from Hawaii and sell them to you. <clears throat> but if they can grow pineapples here, they can sell them to you. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so it, and it's within 180 miles of Houston. So that's local. Uh, can you tell me tell me again? I don't know where the farmers market is. You said it's Richmond and Eastside, uh, which is uh, there's a light there at Eastside. It's called the Upper Kirby District. If people may be familiar with that term, um, it's a few blocks west of Kirby on Richmond. I think it's three thousand Richmond. Okay, and it's like one block north because it's it's behind. Uh, the buildings that are there on Richmond. But you can't miss it. They're a bunch of white tents. Um, and uh, as I say, it's there every Saturday. So. And the hours again are? 8 to 12. 8 to 12. Saturday, rain or shine. There's another one uh, at uh, City Hall, 
on Wednesdays. And I think that is 11 to 2, but I'm not absolutely sure of that. Okay. There aren't any out here on our west side, are there? No, those are the only two that, well, I think there may be some out here, but they're not run by Urban Harvest, so I don't have any information about them. Okay. All righty. So we've talked about plants, and we've talked about uh, composting. We've talked about watering. Um, what else do we need to talk about? Well, there's, there's so one, much. one other thing about urban harvest that I didn't, didn't get in that I'd like to, and that is uh, uh, Bob Randall's book, um, because uh, it's the only book that I am aware of that is written specifically for the metro Houston area. Uh, you can get books that talk about uh, gardening in Texas, but we have a lot of microclimes here uh, that make uh, the Houston area quite different from many other parts of the state. So that book is available at the market. It's also available at places like Wabash Nursery, uh, and, you know, some of the bookstores, too. So um, the name of it, if you're interested, is Year-Round Vegetables, Fruits, and Flowers for Metro Houston. All right. Would you repeat that in case somebody's yeah. got a sharp pencil? Yeah, Year-Round. Because, you know, in Houston you can plant year-round, so we don't get, any, we don't get a, a, a vacation here like you do in Nebraska. Year-round vegetables, fruits, and flowers for Metro Houston. All righty. Okay. And the author is Dr. Bob Randall. It must have taken him a while to write that book. Well, and this is the one I'm looking at right now is his 12th edition. He's working on, thir- I don't know if he's going to call it 13 or skip that and go to 14, but <laughs> uh, he's working with Mark Bowen, he, who is really good on organic uh, procedures also, and also on native plants, uh, which is another thing that uh, Urban Harvest, of course, pushes, and so does Master Gardeners uh, pushes, because you have a lot less trouble if you plant things that like it here native plants rather than try bringing things from the tropics, which uh, they're beautiful plants, but they don't always survive here. Right. Oh, I was going to ask you, too, the herbs, I am looking for chervil and have not found it. Do you know where I can find it? Well, right now, I I don't. If uh, the only place that I think might have it would be Wabash which is on uh, Washington Street near town. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you might call them and ask them. Uh, I don't know if Cornelius is very big on, on herbs, but I know that Wabash usually has a full uh, complement of whatever herbs will grow here. Good. Okay, thank you for that. All righty, we need to take another quick break. Okay. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health & Wellness. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about healing touch classes available wherever you are. 
Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Welcome back. This is Dr. Bonnie, and today our guest is Dr. Jean Pfeffer, and she's talking about gardening and how that applies to your good health. So, um, Jean, we were talking about donation gardens. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, I For about nine years, uh, my husband and I actually ran a donation garden in the Spring Branch area, uh, a donation garden is one where the f- the food is is uh, is grown for a specific um, purpose uh, other than uh, to serve a particular family. Uh, maybe need to also talk about a couple of other kinds of gardens so you can see the difference. Uh, there are what there are a couple gardens here in Houston. Uh, one of them is in West in the Westbury area, and they're they're called allotment gardens. Uh, where somebody builds this garden, these gardens, uh, and I think they have over 50 uh, garden plots down there right now, and people rent this space to grow food for themselves uh, so they can grow whatever they want, um, and, and they take it home and they eat it. A donation garden, the food is grown uh, to either go to, uh, say, a food bank, uh, and luckily uh, the food banks here in Houston now, um, some of them, are able to take fresh produce. There was a time when if people had extra produce from their home garden, they couldn't take it. They would take it to a, a food bank and they wouldn't the food bank wouldn't take it because they had no they had no means to preserve it. If they couldn't give it away that day, uh they they couldn't use it. 
because uh, they had no refrigeration, no way to, to keep it. But now uh, some of the food banks do have refrigeration, and so they can accept uh, fresh produce, which is wonderful because the people who are getting the food from the food bank uh, are in need of, of good, nutritious, fresh, locally grown food. I mean, it's the best kind. So this is a wonderful uh, adjustment. The garden that uh, my husband and I uh, monitored or, or mentored uh, for nine uh, years was uh, a donation garden. We had 20 beds, and the food that we grew went directly across the, ki- uh, the street to the kitchen of the Turning Point Center, which was a uh, home for homeless elders, uh, and uh, there were anywhere from 65 to 90 people living there at any one time. So this uh, this is a different uh, idea from a regular donation garden because you know you can grow um, you can grow a few heads of broccoli and you can give those away to people at the food bank. But if if I grew broccoli, I had to have enough for a meal because they weren't going to save it for a few days and until they had enough uh, for a meal. I, I need to have so that meant that I had to have a couple beds. Uh, in the same vegetable so that we could gather enough for a meal at any one time. And then, of course, depending on what the clientele was uh, staying there, there are different people. Sometimes there would be Oriental people. Sometimes they would be Hispanic, sometimes uh, black. And so, uh, and they have different tastes. So, you know, you can say if you're hungry, you'll eat anything, but <laughs> that's not necessarily true. At any rate, there are lots of different kinds of gardens, and Houston uh, uh, Urban Harvest knows or has a record of at least 120 different gardens here in Houston, some of them with churches, some at schools, some in parks, uh, and then, of course, there are the bigger gardens, the allotment gardens that are becoming more, um, there's more allotment than there used to be. Uh, Houston is... uh, unique in that we started gardening with donation gardens. Many of the other cities in the United States started with the allotment garden, Um, and that was because Urban Harvest, their main purpose when they started was to alleviate hunger in the Houston area. And so the idea was to uh, grow food and give it away. And so that's what donation gardening is all about. That. That is wonderful, wonderful, because it's like there are people out there that are hungry. Well, and, mm-hmm. and also I think some people don't realize that we, we have what we call it here in Houston, we call them food deserts, because there are communities where there's nothing, there's no grocery store there uh, where people even can get grocery, uh, fresh produce from the grocery store, uh, there'll be a quick a quickie mart or something like that, but that doesn't give you good food. So uh, if people have access to a food bank or someplace where they can get, you know, fresh produce, it's, it's a wonderful thing. So if we can expand that effort, it would really be wonderful. Because I don't think we're ever going to talk Randall's or Kroger's into building us a... a, a a grocery store in one of these desert places. Probably not. Probably not. Jean, I want to thank you so much indeed for sharing all of your knowledge on our show today and um, telling people where they can find help if they'd like it, where they can 
where they can get good homegrown food. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to come on and talk about some of the things that I'm fairly passionate about. Yes, indeed, indeed. Okay, so it's time to sign off for today, and I would like to thank our engineer, Matt Wiener, and, of course, our senior executive producer, uh, Bob Robert Cialino. So, all righty, take care of yourselves, be good to each other, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening today. Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow is broadcast live every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a healthy week. Thank you.